Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Morse here at the Osteopathic Center, and this is episode number 12 for our Regenerative Medicine podcast series. So today I wanted to walk you through a uh, kind of a deep dive into the knee, and we're going to break down all of the knee injuries into two categories. The first category is going to be intraarticular, and then the second one is going to be extraarticular. What does that mean? Extraarticular means outside of the joint. Intraarticular, inside the joint. If you look at the knee, and I have the model here for you, those of you watching on YouTube, and the knee essentially has a balloon or capsule around it. Whenever you inject anything into the knee, you have to get into that capsule. If you don't get into the capsule, it's not going to address those knee injuries that are inside of the capsule, what we call intraarticular. So that's how you differentiate whether they're inside of the joint or if they're outside of the joint. You can do this, and we will do this, for shoulder, for wrist, for ankle, uh, for hip. Uh, but the knee is probably the most obvious in terms of what's in the knee and what's out. And, and the benefit is I have this little model here that can kind of show you exactly why it's in and why it's out. So when we think of knee injuries, you really think of things traditionally inside of the knee, intraarticular injuries. What is an example of intraarticular injury? Arthritis. Osteoarthritis is wearing down of the articular cartilage that lines both the bone on the top and the bone on the bottom. What it does is it starts to expose the bone underneath, which then in turn starts to create a combination of swelling and what we call bone spurs or osteophytes. And the edges of the bone start to uh, get thicker and more uh, changes with calcium. And at that point, the arthritis starts to progress. That's one example, and the, probably the most popular example, of what a, a specific type of intraarticular knee injury. Another one is a meniscal injury. So what is the meniscus? Meniscus is, if you look in here, this blue cartilage in between the upper and lower leg bone. What does it do? It's essentially the shocks for your knee. So every time you step down, the, that cushion or, or shocks prevents the bone above from smashing the bone below. And essentially it's vital for twisting. So if we were to injure our meniscus, which happens a lot, you will feel it inside of the knee joint, usually a sharp, sharp stabbing pain. Now, if you wanna address this injury, you can do therapy, but oftentimes you either do an injection or you can consider surgery for a meniscus, and that would be an intraarticular surgery, meaning the surgeon has to go into the joint to address the injury because that's where it is actually being. That's where the nature of the injury is. There are two other large ligaments that are inside of the knee that make our structure of our knee vital. There are several other small ligaments, but these main two kind of control whether or not our knee wants to function. The first is the ACL, or anterior cruciate ligament, and the crisscross version of that, meaning it actually crisscrosses with it behind it, 
is the posterior cruciate ligament or PCL. Now this, uh, these are deep within the knee. They attach from one side of the bone to the other and they essentially crisscross. The ACL is vital to walking, to doing pretty much anything. If you uh, try to walk and your ACL is either torn or sprained, you're going to have significant difficulty even controlling the, the movement of the lower leg on the top leg. Uh, and you'll feel like the knee kind of has a mind of its own. You can't really control it because the ACL plays a big role in what we call translation, the way that that leg, lower leg moves on the upper leg. It shouldn't really move frontwards to backwards at all. It should, it should just slide and, and, and rotate. Now the PCL is not as common of an injury. This is a very thick ligament that is on the back behind the PCL, uh, the ACL, and it essentially is damaged usually when someone happens to either land really hard with a flexed knee on the ground, um, or you happen to be sitting in the front seat of a car and you're either hit from behind or you're in type of accident where your knees hit the dashboard and that lower leg bone gets pushed way back with a lot of force spraining that PCL ligament. So both of those are huge, very, very large and strong uh, pieces of fiber, you know, you know fibrous uh, ligaments inside of that joint. So both of these, if you're treating either of these, that is an intra-articular knee injury. The last small ligament that I wanna discuss before we talk about how to treat any of these is what we call the MPFL. This is a small little ligament underneath the kneecap. And the kneecap, we're gonna have a couple of discussions here. The first one is this little ligament. So how do you injure the MPFL? This is usually injured when we dislocate our kneecap. So if, if, our, if our knee is planted, our foot is planted, our knee is locked and engaged, and someone happens to hit our kneecap and pop it outside of the groove, when we're putting weight on our leg, you're likely going to tear that MPFL ligament. Very small ligament, very important role. And what it does is it keeps that ligament from sliding and not allowing the kneecap to slide left or right. When we tear it, it doesn't heal on its own. So then the question becomes, what do you do about it? The last little topic that I wanna talk about that's an intra-articular knee injury is what we call chondromalacia patellae. This is essentially wearing down of the cartilage underneath the kneecap. Very, very common, traditionally in runners, not always. And what happens is when we walk or run, the kneecap slides up and down in a groove. The kneecap itself underneath it has the thickest cartilage in the body, about six millimeters. That cartilage, unfortunately, can wear down over time, especially with excessive use, especially if there's an injury or, or a uh, muscle imbalance leading to uh, cause a, an inability for that ligament, uh, sorry, the, the kneecap to slide perfectly in that track. So think about it. What if it's tilted a little bit? Then the, the bone underneath that kneecap on say, the, we'll call it the, the outside, is gonna wear on the bones underneath it, whereas the, 
uh, the opposite side of the kneecap is kind of floating, so it's not touching anything. Well, over time, that's going to wear down that cartilage underneath the kneecap, and this is what we call chondromalacia patellae. The problem with this is as you start to wear this down, you're going to have significant arthritis underneath your kneecap. We essentially have three joints in our knee. We have the medial joint on the inside, the lateral joint on the outside, and then the patellofemoral joint, which is underneath the kneecap. The most common location for arthritis, traditionally about 75%, give or take, is on the medial side, the inside of the knee. And that's why most people who have knee pain, that's where they feel their pain. You can have it on the outside of the knee, not super common, but it happens. The patellofemoral compartment underneath the kneecap is unfortunately relatively common. And this goes in grades, one, two, three, four. One would be very mild, four would be very severe. And the tricky part about chondromalacia patellae is that if you don't address the instability of that kneecap, of, uh, of some of those muscles that may be a little bit weaker on one side or the other, or some of the ligaments that hold that kneecap in place, you're going to wear down that cartilage even faster and then you essentially have pain at all times getting up in and out of a chair, walking, pretty much everything you do because that kneecap is constantly trying to slide and, and, and when it's sliding, it should be nice and, and smooth and flat with cartilage. But if there's no cartilage there and it's beat up, at that point, it's almost like you know uh, walking on bare feet over gravel. You're gonna constantly have this friction and that's very painful. That can cause a lot of swelling. And eventually the question becomes, if you don't wanna do injections to potentially uh, slow down the wear and tear or treat it, you know, uh, at least calm it down, you won't reverse it, then you have to consider doing a knee replacement because there, that's really the only other way you're gonna calm down and, and, and allow for that pain to subside underneath the kneecap. Usually people will wait uh, till the, the medial compartment wears down and then you just do a total knee. Uh, if you happen to be lucky that you only have bad arthritis in your kneecap and the other two joints, uh, uh, compartments of the joint are okay, then you can do a, uh, a single revision partial knee replacement where they just basically replace the kneecap. Um, not super common, but obviously it's doable, but it's still surgery. All right, so the majority of these injuries will help with physical therapy, but if you're not structurally correcting the nature of the actual injury, whether it's a meniscal tear, whether it's an ACL tear, whether it's arthritis, then it's, you're just basically calming it down to, and, and waiting for it to get worse. Are there things that can not only slow down the, uh, the progression of the injury, but possibly reverse it? Yes. Now there's an asterisk next to that yes, because not anything can be brought back to say when you were 15 or 20 when everything was perfect and healthy. It will be healthier than it is now if you have a bad injury, but it may not be perfect. Even with surgery, it may not be perfect because now you have something that's structurally corrected in, in, in a man manner that was not how we were naturally built. So these are a couple possibilities, one being physical therapy, two being a different types of injections, and three being surgery. And then there's a lot of combinations between them. You have bracing, you have a couple different uh, topical treatment modalities, 
but those in general are the treatment options for intraarticular knee injuries. Okay, let's move on to the outside of the knee or the extraarticular cavity. So what is the most common injury in this area? I would say in general, it's gonna be a tendon injury on either the tendon above the kneecap or below the kneecap. Remember how I told you that kneecap slides up and down in a groove? Well, there has to be something pulling it or pushing it. And every time you walk, the muscles that come from your thigh muscle, your quad muscle, come down and attach into the top of the kneecap. That's what we call the quad tendon, quad muscles, quad tendon. The same kneecap then comes down and you can have, uh, you have a, a tendon that attaches that kneecap to the lower leg bone. That is what we call the patellar tendon. So if you are a runner, traditionally you're going to have more wear and tear on the lower part of the knee. So that would be the patellar tendon. The uh, jumpers, like a basketball player for instance, will potentially have more injuries at the quad tendon above the kneecap. Not always, these aren't hard and fast. These injuries are a combination of uh, weaknesses, other injuries from you know, a specific event, uh, you can have uh, muscle imbalances that will lead to some issues there. And some people, it's just sheer the amount of volume that they've been doing, whether it's poor mechanics may play a role, uh, or there's an old injury that was never addressed and it just continued to get worse. So the issue is when you start to see this injury, if you can nip it in the bud early, you may prevent this from ever getting really bad late. And at that point, that's when you start to run out of options and, 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 and the options become really big because the injury is much larger than it was at the beginning. So I always try to preach to my patients, you wanna be more proactive than reactive. If you see the injury now, yes, you're being reactive, but then you wanna get ahead of it and prevent it from snowballing and getting much worse where only the big, big treatment options, whether it's a really large injection or uh, a surgery is gonna help it. Sometimes we get to a point where physical therapy is just not going to be enough and you have to do something else plus physical therapy. Okay, so you can injure either of those tendons and those are very common. Uh, think of them as almost uh, attached and peeling off or weakening where you're still asking to pull the kneecap up, uh, whether up or down. The problem is you have a, a ligament that is, or it's a tendon, that is um, not quite 100%, but you're pulling it at 100%. So with less fibers, you're, it's like asking a, a rope that's at 70% to still do 100% of work. Well, something's gotta give. It, 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 can't, it has trouble doing 70%, uh, doing 100% of the work with 70% of the tendon. Uh, and, and that's kind of what happens is that you start seeing more and more injury because it's trying, there's, there's nothing else to help it out. Okay, so now we have two other ligaments that can actually get injured on the outside of the knee. Remember on the inside of the knee, we talked about the ACL and the, M, uh, and the PCL. Well, on the outside of the knee, you have two ligaments that keep the, uh, the knee going north and south. On the inside of the knee is the most commonly injured, injured ligament on the outside, and that is the MCL. This ligament right here, traditionally, this is an injury that we see often in sports, secondary to either uh, football comes to mind, 
when someone gets tackled on the outside of their knee, that knee attempts to buckle inward and the ligament prevents that from buckling. If the force is bigger than the strength of the ligament or the attachment of the ligament, then you're going to damage that ligament. On the contrary, you can have an injury to the what we call the LCL or lateral collateral ligament. That's running north to south on the outside of the knee. Much less commonly injured, predominantly because we have another knee here that's preventing this from getting pushed and, and straining that lateral collateral ligament. Um, the lateral collateral actually has a complex, if you look on the model here, that is uh, that we call the posterior lateral complex. It's very important. So traditionally, we do not see many LCL injuries, and when we do see them, if they're involved in the posterior lateral corner, that's even more concerning. MCL injuries on the inside of the knee are very, very common. Uh, whether you slip and fall, and that was the weakest point, and that's what gave out. Traditionally, when we think of a knee sprain, this is usually one of the ligaments that's injured. Um, there are essentially three attachment points to that. We will look and I spin the, uh, the model over. You can see it attaches up here. It runs down here and attaches at the bottom. But there's an additional one that you're not, that most people are going to miss. That's on the inside and it actually attaches to the inside of the meniscus on the medial part. So when, if you tear this MCL, you can have a partial tear of the meniscus as well if you happen to catch it at that location. Uh, the uh, ligament injuries, tendency to be in three severities, uh, mild or grade one, moderate or grade two, severe grade three. Uh, let's move on to something called patellofemoral syndrome, which is similar to chondromalacia patellae, like we talked about on the inside of the knee, but this is usually more extra articular. It's kind of a little bit of both. And traditionally, what happens here is the kneecap is not sliding up and down in the groove appropriately. So you start developing a little bit of wiggle where it goes left to right because of the ligaments that are supposed to keep that knee intact. They're getting a little weak or possibly torn and it leads to a friction and it can cause a lot of discomfort on top of the kneecap. Usually when you're sitting down or, or even when you're running, you'll feel this, this constant discomfort above your kneecap. And, and this is what we call patellofemoral syndrome, very, very common, unfortunately. So uh, rounding out the outside of the knee, we have a couple different collections of fluid that can cause some discomfort. This is what we call bursitis. So in the knee, there's two types of bursitis that traditionally come to mind. Uh, one is the actual bursa on top of the kneecap. So if you were to land hard on your kneecap, if you don't break it, you got lucky. But the reason why most of us don't break it, if you have a fall that would have normally broken it, is because there's a bursa or a fluid-filled sac on top of the bone underneath the skin that's trying to break your fall. Well, unfortunately, when you land on it, it jew it puffs up like a pillowcase that now has a pillow in it, a big one. And, and, and the good news is that hopefully you didn't break your kneecap. The bad news is this hurts too. But the good news about bursitis is it's usually a temporary thing. And when you correct the abnormalities or the structural issues, usually you get it to go away. This, uh, you can sometimes, if, if a bursitis, uh, prepatellar bursitis, which is what this one's called, if it's bad enough, you can see that from afar away. 
you can see where one person's knee will look normal and the other one will look really funny. And that's because there's a lot of extra swelling inside of that bursa. That bursa does connect to the joint a little bit. So if you do have a bad injury inside of the joint, you may get a little swelling in that bursa as well. The last type of um, bursitis inside of the knee is traditionally what we call pes anserine bursitis. And that's uh, lower than the knee, traditionally on the inside. And that is where the hamstring muscles come down from the back of the leg, wrap around, and three of them insert on the inside of the knee at, right into the bone. When that happens, traditionally we can get a little bursa in there that gets really inflamed. Uh, and if you have, it went from being uh, very sedentary to all of a sudden being very active, and, and, and now this um, tendon is constantly being pulled uh, and, and the bursa may fill up with fluid and you may have a lot of pain on the inside of your knee, but not at the knee level, lower down. This is traditionally pezanserine bursitis. Not particularly concerning, but something that uh, do, does bother people and usually you want to address. So how do we treat these injuries? Just like the intraarticular, there are predominantly three main options. You can do therapy and oftentimes that will be important to get you back to normal. You can do surgery depending on what the injury is and depending on how bad it is and what you're trying to, uh, you know, what you've been successful in and what you haven't tried. And then you have your injections, whether you're talking about steroids, whether you're talking about uh, uh, which is cortisone, whether you're talking about a, a high level uh, product like PRP or bone marrow or amniotic tissue allograft. Traditionally, we only use gel or, or which is hyaluronic acid, a thick viscous substance for intra-articular injuries, which is inside of the knee. Traditionally, really only for arthritis. Um, so I hope this provides a helpful overview of the two different categories of knee injuries and exactly how we, uh, relatively how we differentiate them and how we treat them. If you like the video, be sure to hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe, and if you're an audio listener, we appreciate your time, and do me a favor and hit the subscribe button on your favorite platform. Thanks, take care, we'll see you next time.